Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sports, man. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning. Happy Thursday, everybody. A Thursday that is effectively a Friday for most of America, right? That's getting so. going. Yeah. I got I got the I got Sarah the Ruthless's attention with that. Yeah. <laughs> Did you say vacation? Did you say four-day weekend? Woo, Not actually, because Vinny and I are both working on Sunday. You've got a Suns game on Sunday, correct? No, uh Friday night. Oh, I thought they were playing. Oh, they got aced out of Christmas this year. That's right. They're playing on the road. Uh, they, oh, they that's right. It's on the on road. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, um, just so, so I'll much... be at the football stadium on Sunday. Like there's a there's a the finish line feel of being at the end of the show today. Yeah, but it, it's not exactly a relaxing time of year. I have so much stuff I have to do. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. Yeah. I'm kind of with you on that. It, it's, it's my own fault. Yeah, my. <laughs> My Christmas, I've told you about the lack of Christmas spirit in my house. It mm-hmm. is it has reached an absurd level because uh, the cats that I have have effectively destroyed my Christmas tree. Really? <laughs> yeah. So we, uh, <laughs> we we got a real young kitten recently, and he's just a gorgeous gem of a cat. What's his name? <laughs> his name is Charlie. He's a, little, he's a little baby Siamese, and we got him super young, so he's got no fear of people, and he just sleeps on my neck and purrs, and he's like the greatest cat in the world. I'm except about to he, sneeze. except right. <laughs> Why do you think I've never invited you over, Vinny? Well, that's one reason. Well, yeah. So, so this year, because of these darn cats, we've had to put these plastic, spiky, grady mats underneath the tree so they don't get in and climb up the tree, which they will do. Yeah. And so it looks ridiculous. It looks like a hellscape. And then the littlest one bit through the wires so the lights don't work anymore. And on top of it, we couldn't even put ornaments on the tree because of this thing. Thing. That is how ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. That, but is Charlie so cute? Oh, the best. Yeah. We have to see photos. Yeah. I, okay. I, yeah. I'll send you one. Okay. I'll send you one. So uh, this is um this is kind of what I've been dealing with. But you know what? It's it's kind of okay. It's kind of okay to not fall into the you know corporate trap of this is how you have to feel on Christmas. Sure. Very true. I'm still getting, I can't get past the whole cat thing. <laughs> you tell that story and then you end it with, oh, he's the best. <laughs> well, he is. But see, so you put up with a lot of that stuff because you get a lot of that good stuff. Too. I guess, yeah. 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 I just don't have that in me. I know. I hear you. I'm dead inside, Beck. I hear you. You should get yourself a big dog, Vinny. I should. A big yeah. companion. <laughs> right? Vincent a Dalmatian, maybe? Maybe. Oh, my sister had Dalmatians. Hyper. 
just hyperactive dogs. Mm. Go get way, yourself way a, too much. Go get yourself a Devin Booker dog. Do you know oh. how big Devin Booker's dog is? Sick how boy. big is it's, it? That's a big creature. Yes. It was the funniest thing. So I, I they, they had a, a Waste Management Phoenix Open luncheon at Chase Field that Chris Paul and Devin Booker were a part of. Mm-hmm. And they came over right after practice and Book brought his dog with him on stage. I saw that picture actually. <laughs> I was like, I, I'm like, that is quite something. Yeah. Kyler's dog is a unit too. Really? Yeah. I've met Kyler's dog. You Tell us about hold that, on. Lauren. Okay, there's got to be a story behind this. You've met Kyler's dog. It's not as exciting as I just teased it to be. <laughs> but we were at training camp, and I was out at State Farm, and I was down on the field because I had to go run down and get Wolf because he was getting too excited before the show. Yes. <laughs> as I was walking down there, I felt something lick my hand and I turned around and I was like there's a dog on the field but I didn't know Kyler's dog until I got back up to the booth and one of the media relations guys was like how was Kyler's dog was he cool was he nice I was like oh all right if you would have known you could have got an autograph (laughs) and that's part that's partially my problem with dogs the licky panty jumpy stuff that comes with them I know I know I'm the minority on this and I'm not I'm not Throwing smoke at dogs. Dogs are wonderful creatures. Yes, they Best are. creatures. Yeah. For for everybody else. <laughs> exactly, Vinny. Exactly. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, we've goofed around enough. Start the show, Lauren. The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Animal. Animal coming. The Splash, brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. It's official. Trace McSorley will get his first start as an NFL quarterback for the Cardinals on Sunday against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Colt McCoy, who suffered a concussion last Sunday against Denver, was ruled out by head coach Cliff Kingsbury yesterday. McSorley came in for McCoy in the third quarter last week, completed 7 of 15 for 95 yards, two interceptions in the loss to the Broncos. Recently acquired David Blau will serve as McSorley's backup on Sunday. As I said yesterday during the splash, the injury list is out and it is long. Uh, McCoy didn't practice. Neither did Zach Allen, Calvin Beecham, Antonio Hamilton, Byron Murphy. They were all out yesterday. Several others, Greg Dorch, Max Garcia, Marcus Golden, Marco Wilson, were limited. For Tampa Bay, starting tackle Donovan Smith, safety Keanu Neal, linebacker Carl Nassib, corner Jamel Dean, nose tackle Vita Vea, and safety Antoine Winfield missed Wednesday's practice due to injury. Uh, the Pro Bowl rosters were announced yesterday, and not surprisingly, not a big contingent from the Cardinals. Their lone representative, Buda Baker, who's making his fifth Pro Bowl appearance. Eagles had the most players JJ selected as eight. Did he? I mean, as a guy whose standards are so high, he's he's been good. That last game was just, uh, yeah, I know, yeah. I know. There's there's a lot of other great players uh, in in that in his realm, yeah. but still, uh, he, he would have been he would have been my Pro Bowler from the Cardinals over Buddha. Mm-hmm. It's, I hate to say it, slim pickings either yeah. way. <laughs> uh, the Eagles had the most players selected with eight. Cowboys and Chiefs each had seven. Pro Bowl weekend, which no longer includes a game, thankfully, is scheduled for February 5th in Las Vegas. And did it, Sarah, did I hear you during the update say that Matt Prater and... Dennis Gardak are alternates for special teams. 
I don't break down special teams, but it's easy to break down kickers. Matt Prater, really? A Pro Bowl alternate? How about that? Matt Prater, that's a Pro Bowl season. They had to use four kickers this year because he was hurt for so long. And it wasn't like he lit it up either. No! All right. Congrats anyway. Uh, Congrats, Matt. Enjoy Vegas. Week 16 in the NFL begins tonight in East Rutherford with the Jets hosting the Jaguars in a game which, believe it or not, still has AFC playoff importance. Zach Wilson making his second consecutive start uh, for the Jets in Mike White's absence. You can see it on Prime Video with kickoff happening at 6.15. Elsewhere, Colts once again benching Matt Ryan. It'll be Matt Foles who starts for Indy this coming Monday night against the Chargers. Foles has taken two snaps this year for the Colts, not attempted a pass. It'll be his second start since the beginning of the 2021 season. Uh, last one coming for the Bears. Uh, didn't take long for former ASU quarterback Emory Jones to find a new home. He committed to the University of Cincinnati from the transfer portal. Uh, in basketball, ooh. ASU playing its first game since Whoops. cracking the top 25 got absolutely embarrassed on the road at San Francisco, 97 to 60. The Dons jumped out to a 24 to 2 lead in the first 10 minutes, and things never got better. ASU trailed by 44 and actually closed on a seven nothing run to <laughs> cut that lead to 37. Okay. Make the final score respectable. Bobby Hurley did not stick around. He got ejected with his team down 43 with 410 yeah. left. Yeah. Um, I okay. You can chalk this up to. A, um, one of those nights they were due for something like that to happen, or B, some basketball team in the Valley might have gotten a little full of themselves. Oh, <laughs> well, they got news before back. the game that Desmond Cambridge wasn't going to play. He had a stomach ailment. He's their leading scorer, and he's actually been playing pr- pretty well, but there is no excuse for what they put out there not, last night. Not not that margin of defeat. That was like, but, do, you, do you remember the game against St. Mary's a few years ago? Where a lot, I think the Sun Devils scored like fifty points, and Alonzo Verge had forty three uh, of them, and they lost by forty. It was that kind oh, that's of night. Right. That kind of night. Um, the Sun Devils are now off for the Christmas break. They'll resume a week from Saturday against fifth-ranked Arizona in Tempe. Speaking of the Wildcats, they've got one more game to play before their holiday hiatus. It's tonight at McHale Center against Morgan State. Six o'clock tip on the Pac-12 Network. Coyotes and Golden Knights went into the third period tied at one, but Vegas exploded for four goals in the final 20 minutes, including two by Mark Stone on their way to a 5-2 win over Arizona. Stone became the first player in Vegas history to have a power play goal and a shorthanded goal in the same game. Yotes back home to start a three-game homestand tomorrow night at Mullet Arena against the Kings, and then they'll also host Colorado and Toronto. Is it too early in their history to say uh, that we hate the Vegas Golden Knights? <laughs> no, no, I don't think it is. No, it's yeah, it's never. Especially because they came in so hot. They came in. They, so, they went to the Stanley Cup Finals our first year. They have a fan base that travels. They've been totally spoiled. Uh huh. They got a beautiful new arena. Uh huh. Screw that team. <laughs> <laughs> Suns off for another day before hosting John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies tomorrow. Elsewhere in the NBA, though, the uh, league stripped the New York Knicks of a 2025 second-round pick as the result of a tampering investigation into the signing of point guard Jalen Brunson. Brunson has started every game, is averaging almost 21 points He's per so game, good. and the Knicks are 18 and 14. Well worth the second-round no, pick. I'm going to say the Knicks are probably going to go, okay, it's worth it. Yeah. yeah. What's stopping that, anybody from doing that ever again? We saw that kid, uh, obviously, in the postseason last year. He's just such a gritty, fierce basketball 
basketball player. I really, I really like that guy. I uh, I agree with the gritty, fierce basketball player. I can't stand watching him play. Really? Only because I put my shoes, put myself in the shoes of a defender. He would be a nightmare to guard. Yeah, well, yeah. Dribble the ball for 22 minutes uh-huh. and get into the lane uh-huh. with great footwork and be right. a lefty. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, Lionel Messi, fresh off Argentina's World Cup win, is staying put in France with PSG, according to reports. There were rumors last month that Messi would end up in the States playing with Inter-Miami CF of MLS, but not to be. He's staying. Do you know how many go- goals that man would score in an MLS season? 11. All of them. <laughs> All of them. Maybe 70. That's a lot of goals. There you go. There is your splash for uh, Thursday, December 22nd. Uh, coming up next, another quarterback in the fold for the Arizona Cardinals. We'll get our first starting look at Trace McSorley, at least in a game that counts. We'll get into it next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. He's one of those guys, I hate to use the term gamer, but he, he's got a lot of moxie, plays with a lot of confidence. Teammates responded that well. Um, you know, he's mobile, can move around. You know, he had a couple of throws he'd like to have back, but he had a couple of scoring drives. And like I said, uh, after the game, I just want to see how he does with some reps. It's not easy to go in there without any reps, basically throughout the entire season with the first team offense. So excited to see how he um, can perform with some reps this week. Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, talking about his new starting quarterback, Trace McSorley, who will get his first start on Christmas Day in a nationally televised game against the most decorated and uh, winningest quarterback ever. How about that? Tom Brady. I'm actually uh, perversely interested to see how Trace McSorley handles this, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, We know that Trace McSorley was really good in college, maybe even underrated, overlooked a bit. We know there was a song made about him. We know that we hyped him up in the preseason. And there were times in the preseason when he looked pretty good. That first game he looked really good, then not so much after that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he comes in on Sunday, and and he wasn't very good. And he threw a couple of interceptions, and it was like, oh, this is what the speed of the NFL looks like. I'm curious, now that he's had that taste of real live action how he looks on Sunday. Because, again, this Buccaneers defense, I don't know what they look like right now, but early in the season, they were no joke. And and so this is – given the, and also given the fact that I think the Buccaneers are – I think they're embarrassed and I, because I think Tom Brady is still, you know, Tom Brady, and, and I don't think he wants the indignity of going to the playoffs with a team with a losing record. You know, Even to this day, Kurt Warner bristles about that reputation mm-hmm. the 08 Cardinals had. He referenced it recently on Twitter mm-hmm. in the last couple of weeks. Kurt Warner made some reference, like a, a veiled reference to the NFC South and said, hey, maybe we won't be the worst playoff team now. Right. Uh, so I think I think you're going to get a very motivated, very focused Buccaneers team. Yesterday, Tom Brady kind of took all the accountability for their last loss. He said you can't win when the quarterback turns the ball over four times. So uh, my suspicion is Tom Brady is really going to be on it mentally mm-hmm. 
as he usually is. And if he still has it physically, that could be a very, very bad thing for this for the outlook of this football game. Now, I don't know if Tom Brady's kind of chipping away physically to where he really can't do everything his brain is telling him to do anymore. I don't know. So I don't know what that's going to look like. But from the Trace McSorley standpoint, uh, I know that there was a minute in the preseason where it looked like the guy had some juice. And now he's had a little taste of it. He made a couple of decent plays last week. He made a few mistakes, but he saw it. And now he's now it's his. And I'm going to be real curious to see how he... Like, Brock Purdy got the same thing handed to him in San Francisco, and he ran with it. Brock, Started against Tom Brady. Yeah, but... Ah, oh, that's right. Look that, at that. That's, that's right. It's Tom Brady's like... <laughs> Why am I playing against all these teenagers? Yeah, it could be my <laughs> children. Super snappers. <laughs> Who are all these kids? But why will they you, leave me alone? You're right, and and Let you can win. draw the comparisons, and and you're right about McSorley showing a little bit of juice in the preseason again. Preseason is nothing but a no. mirage, right? Uh, but the re- you know if you want to use the Brock Purdy comparison, he's got a lot of juice right now because his team has a lot of juice right now. There's there's very little. I mean, again, if you watched Hard Knocks last night, we'll get into that a little bit later on. But there's this. Dan, what? I'm Dan, sorry. What? Wake what? up. <laughs> wake up to the smell of waffles from Lucky Foto. <laughs> <laughs> that may have been the highlight of that the episode. That was the best part for sure. Um, but we'll there, get into it. There's this constant. This constant uh, prodding from players and coaches. We got to be professionals. We got to finish strong. The owner <laughs> got up and talked about it. Just like, why is this being repeated? Because it's being <laughs> violated so often. I uh, thank you. I, I wish this season, Bick, had a remote control attached to it. And I would hit the button that's got the two arrows pointing to the right with the letters <laughs> FF. Fast forward. Fast forward through these last three games. Yeah, I know. I mean, you said you're perversely. I, I mean, I, do I want to see kind of what Trace McSorley does? Yeah, but he's in no means part of the future. No, I know. I know that. I know that. This is, uh, by the way, uh, you know, when you get down to your third starting quarterback in a year, it usually doesn't mean good things. Since the Cardinals moved here in 1988, this is the 10th different season that, for whatever reason, usually it's injury, sometimes it's ineffectiveness, this is the 10th time they've had to go to three starting quarterbacks. Wow. The average number of wins in those previous nine occurrences for those seasons, 6.2. couple of outliers, the 2014 team, uh, Stanton, or Carson Palmer started 6-0, and uh, got hurt. Drew Stanton came in, started eight games, got hurt, and then they ended up with Ryan Lindley. That team won 11 games and, mm-hmm. and then flamed out in the playoffs. Yes. The 2017 team, which was uh, Bruce Arians' last team, that was when Carson Palmer got you know broke his arm. And, and uh, Drew Stanton it, it, came it, in. Yeah. Uh, Drew Stanton came in, and then they finished up with Blaine Gabbard. That oh, team won right. eight games. And the 94 team under Buddy Ryan, Burline, Schrader, and McMahon all started games, and they finished Eight and eight, but every other time it's happened, you know, you get down to your third quarterback, and it's usually it's just usually bad it's a things. death sentence for your season. Yeah, so ten times in thirty-four years, I wonder where that ranks like in terms of NFL average. I, it can't I, be that rare, but I'm but I'm sure it's not that common either. It's not. There's probably a handful of teams this year that are that are going through it. Uh, I mean, the 49ers are one, but the 49ers are one that's also in that outlier category mm-hmm. where they're down to their. Third starting quarterback. Actually, yeah, it is their third starting quarterback. But they're a playoff contender. 
That doesn't happen a lot. And yesterday, right. you know, the, the Vinnie Joe trivia question at the end of the show about the, the Bears, that's what was weird about that team is that team still made the playoffs. Yeah, that's true. With four yeah. different starting quarterbacks in 1986. Yeah. Now they had a historic defense, obviously. Yeah. Still more, you know, the remnants that's of a, a good historic stat. defense. That's a good stat. Yeah. Um, here's uh, Trace McSorley uh, talking about Christmas, going against Brady, making his first NFL start. There's a lot going on. Yeah, no, there's, you know, primetime game, Christmas Day, like you said, going against Tom Brady, Buccaneers, um, you know, the the type of players, star power that they have on their team, on their defense. Um, it's a big opportunity for us as, as a team, as Arizona Cardinals, to be able to come in and, uh, you know, do well on Sunday night. So that's what all we're focusing on. It's the next game on our schedule, and, you know, we got to treat it as such, even though there is, you know, the, the glitz and glam of primetime Sunday night, all that type of stuff. Yeah, now how he's wrapping his head around being the starter this week. No, I mean, it's hard not to think about you know, the opportunity um, that's here, that's kind of presented itself. Like I said, obviously, you don't want to get it kind of how it's happened with you know guys going down with uh, some injuries and stuff, but um, just going about it one day at a time, you know, focusing on things and controlling things I can control. Um, but then, you know, at some point, it's an exciting opportunity, and, you know, I always want to let myself feel that excitement and, and feel that a little bit just so I can uh, enjoy the moment, but at the same time, just being focused and ready to go. Kind of weird. We had uh, three three games in the preseason to begin this whole downward slide of watching Trace McStorley start football games. Mm-hmm. And this season, if they do it right, it should Today. be ending uh, with three, three games, games started Trace by McSorley. Trace McSorley at quarterback. Yeah. Who's this Canadian quarterback they brought in for a workout the other day? And who arranged that? Whose idea was that? Uh, well, they they changed out the guy because they had Carson Strong, and then they brought in uh, the kid from Florida International. Okay, his name. Okay, well, they obviously have they to swapped add some up. Just they swapped right. out the practice. Okay, okay, okay I got gotcha. you. Okay, uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, Red Hot Chili Peppers, heading to State Farm Stadium on May fourteenth with the Strokes. Tickets are on sale now, but you can also win a pair of tickets by heading to the contest page at Arizona Sports. Coming up next, an on-court discussion has led to more speculation about the condition of the Phoenix Suns. We'll get into some of the reaction of Monty Monty Williams, DeAndre Ayton, and Mikel Bridges with their heated discussion from their uh, game the other night. Next, it's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Well, it all started last year in the playoffs. When he got into it, and, 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 and he benched Aiden, and that was an awful game, but something started there. And then when training camp started, they asked DeAndre, have you and Money settled your difference? He says, I haven't talked to Coach. And I'm like, what? You can't let, you can't have that type of stuff on a team because you have to be all in or you're not in. And for me, I can tell, because I've been in the NBA for 40 years, you can tell when something's not working. And they're going to have to figure it out. Because uh, right now, it's not working. They're going to win a lot of games. they got talent. But they, they're not even close to being a championship contender anymore. Charles Barkley on TNT, Tuesday night. Um, and that was... I missed that in real time. I did, too. There was a reaction to what happened in the la- latter stages of the Suns' disappointing loss to the Washington Wizards the other night, where uh, during a timeout... 
DeAndre Ayton got into what looked like a heated discussion with Monty Williams before mm-hmm. they sat down for instruction during the timeout. Mikel Bridges was kind of barking at DeAndre Ayton um, while in a defensive position on the free throw line, and Bradley Beal took oh, notice was... of it, and that went viral. Yeah, as it should. That was that was I, that was very embarrassing to me as a Suns fan, watching another player just kind of laugh and clap at our dysfunction. Yep, DeAndre Ayton was asked about it after the game. Honestly, it's deflating almost, you know. Um, me uh, messing up the last play, you know, to really like, you know, give us some momentum, and that's what really got everybody. Now the play in question, I believe, Bick is a play that was out of a timeout with uh, a minute and change left, like a minute and a half left. Mm-hmm. The Wizards had gone up by five, and the play had Chris Paul on the right side, you know. Uh, not exactly in the corner, but waiting for a DeAndre Ayton pick. Mm-hmm. The pick never came. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul then went the other way toward the baseline. Tory Craig, who was on the weak side near the sideline during the course of the play, is looking at what's happening on the other side of the court, and he kind of throws his hands up. But he puts his hands up like, "What's going? What on? are we doing here?" Yep. So Paul penetrates. Craig cuts to the hoop. Um, and then DeAndre Ayton, for some reason, he's still outside, but he takes his defender. He goes toward the basket, taking his defender, Taj Gibson, with him, which clogged the middle of the lane. Torrey Craig goes up for the layup. It gets blocked by Taj Gibson. Yep. And that was basically all she wrote. It yeah. was, it was and then academic And then DA commits a foul on yeah. the other side of the court down there, then, and then the shenanigans ensue. Um, I think in, in going back over a lot of the video that came out after that, um, I, I think w- what strikes people is the level of anger and frustration shown to DA uh, was not commensurate with with a single mental error on a basketball court. There's there was something deeper uh, and more alarming, I think, to the reaction than to actually the mistake itself. And maybe it's the fact that that mistake um, is coming what year four in DeAndre Ayton's career, it, and it it happened at the end of a game when this team. Uh, against a bad team that you knew you had to get in your back pocket just when you're trying desperately to get a little bit of winning streak going. I think that's it to me. I think that the, the just the, the irritation um, that Monty Williams and Mikhail Bridges both felt and showed, um, as they say in the NBA, w- w- those moments, they always write them off. Oh, it's nothing. It's just two competitors. It's just this. What it really is and what most p- people will tell you who've been through it is that stuff bubbles out into the public domain when it's starting to really percolate inside, it's it's a it's a sure sign that internally it's something that's not buttoned up anymore, or mm-hmm. it would not be leaking out into these very public situations. Yes. So I I don't know what it means, but I am going to be very curious what comes off this basketball team tomorrow night. Off uh, uh, after that game on Tuesday, Monty Williams on that play in question didn't pin it on one player. No, it was the whole team. In those moments, it wasn't just DeAndre; it was the whole group out there not executing properly and there was a bit of frustration but that that happens that was not an isolated one person or one player thing and that sounds kind of like yeah but but the 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 visible part of it was directed toward one player the mm-hmm. the part that everybody saw on camera or in the arena kind of the same thing with the game seven exit mm-hmm DeAndre yeah. Ayton wasn't the reason why they were down 40 points by to the Dallas Mavericks on his own but he got the brunt of it 
Yeah, exactly. And so that again, I think that is it, that's that's a growing level of frustration, a growing level of anger, maybe a growing level of dysfunction. I, I don't know. Um, but listen, if you put these pieces together, I told you that day that I ran into Charles Barkley at the Raven Golf Course, and and we had a little conversation. And the the thing he wanted to talk about because it was newsworthy at the time was he was astonished that Monty Williams had not talked to DeAndre uh-huh. Ayton over the offseason. He just said, this is not normal. So however you cut it, whatever Monty Williams' motivation for that, it was not normal. So what events have precipitated this? A- and where is this whole thing going? Tim Ring has reported, Suns didn't even want DeAndre Ayton. So what does that mean for January 15th and beyond? I don't know what it yeah. means. I don't know where any of this is going, but I think the most poignant thing out of that cut you played is Charles Barkley saying the Suns are not a championship contender, not even close anymore. And that's kind of something I wonder about internally. I agree with Charles as currently constructed, even when healthy. And if you hold up against them, hold that roster up against other healthy rosters, do they mm-hmm. have enough? The experience would make things interesting <laughs> that, that, that they have. Mm-hmm. But uh, do they have enough talent? Do they have enough depth? I don't know. James Jones, the uh, president of basketball operations of the Suns, was on with Burns and Gambo yesterday. He commented on the heated exchange. Emotions, frustrations. You know, we were down big. We came back. We started to lose it. Um, but guys just got heated and had a, a heat of the moment exchange. Um, but nothing lingering. I think it's it's starting. You're starting to see. Um, we can have difficult conversations out front um, and and move on past it. You know, it was the last minute and a half of the game, and I know guys wanted to perform well, and we came up short. But it's 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 something good for the cameras. I mean, our locker room post game, our locker room uh, immediately after guys had a chance to cool down, was where it typically is. You know, when we lose, our guys are really uh, kind of dejected and, and focused on how they can improve. But you know, it's 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 a storyline that sounds good, but. I mean, our guys are good. At what at what you said too about you know is this a championship contender? How much of that exam- self examination is going on? There's 32 games of, of proof right now that the Suns are good, mm-hmm. that they're a playoff team. We haven't seen this group play together pretty much at all all season long. That's not guaranteed to happen at any time during the season. We're also 24 days away from January 15th on the calendar. Jay Crowder is still a member of the Phoenix Suns, very much on the periphery, but something that can be traded. Mm-hmm. James Jones has kind of talked about being patient, waiting for the deal that's right for them. Look, I, I got to the point earlier in the season where I thought, you know what, this this whole Kevin Durant talk and this DeAndre Ayton talk, it's all hogwash. It's It's not going to happen. I can't say that with confidence anymore. This this stuff continues to pop up. I know. And if DeAndre Ayton is kind of the lightning rod for this frustration with teammates in emotional moments, granted, mm-hmm. but with the coaching staff in emotional moments, you have to wonder how much you know under the surface bubbling up a frustration that's, there is with him. That's what that's the bottom line because I don't think I don't think that sneaks out onto the court in these high leverage situations if it wasn't getting to a troublesome point internally. So and again, it, it's so what is James Jones going to do about this in the interview with uh, with Burns and Gamble yesterday, James Gamble said, I guess I, I had not heard him report this, but he he said he has reported that there are no restraints or holds on James Jones. Now, yeah. I'm not I'm not sure if they would admit it if if their instructions were otherwise. Yeah. Here was James Jones mm-hmm. on that subject. I had the ability to do some things. Um, evidently, when you're when you're like where we are, um, 
just not us, but the other other franchises and the you know, counterparts, they think about, okay, um, what's the likelihood something will be able to get done? Uh, so it, it, it ices it, it chills it a little bit. But um, as far as business, we've been able to, to have the conversations and focus on the things we think can improve the team. And uh, we'll continue to do so going forward. See, that, that, that answer was not – that was a little bit elusive, if you ask me. It, 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 that didn't sound like, oh, no, of course I can do that. That sounded a little elusive to me. And and so I, I don't know what, what's up here because I, I do think that if you're the Phoenix Suns and you decided internally we're not doing anything until this thing gets sold and, and that's that, I don't think you'd admit that because fans would go, come on, what are you doing? So either way, whatever. is So if James Jones has no holds or restraints on him, then I, I'm not sure what he's waiting for other than maybe it's something involving – DA after January 15th. Yeah. I don't know. 20, I, I don't know. 24 days away from January 15th, and maybe we can get back to this. What is the number of players on the Suns roster in your mind right now Ooh. that are absolutely untouchable in a trade? That's a great question. My number is one. We've got a great Suns nickname to one. unveil a little bit later on in the program, too, by the way, from one of our listeners. It's one of the greatest, most what? creative things. Yeah, right, this is a tease, yeah. Sarah, is Ooh. what this is. I can't wait. Plant it. <laughs> yeah, right. Let it grow a little bit. Uh-huh. And then we'll water it later on. Uh, coming up, some NFL hash marks as we head into week 16 and Christmas week all together. It's Bickley and Murata mornings, live from the Ak Chin Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Marks. Scores a touchdown, and the Bengals put it away with 2.21 to go. One of the highlights from last week, a a game of a tale of two halves for the Cincinnati Bengals. They fall behind early to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, this week's Cardinals opponent, and then turn it on in the second half. Joe Burrow, one of four second-half touchdown passes. And the Bengals right now, Bick, are a team when heading into Week 16, and they've got a game in Foxborough against a Patriots team that could very well be just... Ready to implode after last week's loss. Let's, yeah, let's face it. Listen, I have a couple different things about that. Let's let's start with the back half. This 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 place in the road where the Patriots are are very interesting right now because mm-hmm. some people said that that play against the Raiders, the 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 Chandler Jones play, basically symbolized and signaled the end of the Patriot way. That the Patriot way, if it were still in full effect. That would have never happened, and you wouldn't have Matt Patricia coaching the offense, and and so I don't I don't know what that all means. That's really, really I think disrespectful to Bill Belichick and who he is and what he's done to to assume that yes. in a couple of years without Mac Jones he suddenly lost everything. It's a convenient thing to bring up without right now in real time. I do want to see how they bounce back. Mm-hmm. Now, do I suspect that they'll fold it up? Yes, I do because I don't think they're that good a football team. I don't no. think they're that talented a football team. Uh, even though they're still seven and seven, but um, you know Cincinnati's coming in here, going in there red hot, and some people are are jumping on the bandwagon. Hey, forget about the Chiefs and the Bills. It might be the Bengals who are the best team in the AFC. They are the defending champions. Mm-hmm. The record isn't as gaudy, but they seem to be peaking at the right time. Yeah, and this is um, I, I I think they're a, a team that that shows you now what can happen if you get a quarterback and a head coach kind of growing together at the same time. Um, I had one other point I wanted to make on the Patriots, and it was real salient, and I forget what it was. 
I'll get. I'll double back to that. Man, right. you're just doing all kinds of teases today. Yeah, no, no, there was. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! I did hear. It. I do know. I do right. know. The other thing that came out of the game that that I we we talked about Bill Belichick and his yeah you can't throw the ball that far <laughs> and and how weird the end game strategy was that you wouldn't even try a hail mary and then we heard the Mac Jones um, interview where he was really kind of coy about it wouldn't say how far he could actually throw a football but hinted it was sixty yards right but it dawned on me yesterday what does that do internally. To have a coach throw a quarterback under the bus like that, it must. It, th- there might be effects, and people are wondering about the future of Mac Jones. Anyways, in a second year, yeah, uh, and you know he's he, he flirted with losing that job this year. There mm-hmm. was a groundswell. We had Mike Reese on during Patriots Week when the, when the Patriots came to town here. And there's a lot of the fan base that wants Bailey Zappi to be the guy. Yeah, no, you're right. Okay, on to the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, so I'm, I'm real curious to see what comes off the Patriots this weekend. Um, on to the Bengals. This is interesting because people are going to recognize this story. There was a time mid of last year when I thought Zach Taylor was in over his head as much as Cliff Kingsbury was in over his head. Mm-hmm. They get to the Super Bowl, and and most of that was Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and, and a, a real fortuitous time to be playing really good football. Well-timed hot streak, right? That's kind of the way it all felt to people. Well, I, I read a story about how Zach Taylor looked at his offense after the first couple of years and realized, man, we have one of the least explosive offenses in the NFL. Where have you seen that before? Mm-hmm. And so what he did is he went and did a deep dive onto go routes, onto explosive passing plays, and and incorporated that. So basically what has happened with Zach Taylor's offense, it has grown with Joe Burrow in accordance to what Joe Burrow does well. And I think there's a lesson here uh, when Kyler Murray actually does get back, and that is you need to identify what that guy does at an elite level and what he will do at a consistent elite level and build your offense around that. Not, not, not. Hey, I'm I'm an offensive guru. I've got all this stuff. I've got a, I've got a bag. I've got a playbook, and this is what we do. I think it's got to be more like that. And so Zach Taylor basically saying that's how he reinvented himself. He stepped back and said, well, we don't throw the ball down the field enough. Yeah. And this year they've been throwing the ball down the field a lot. He said he's called more go routes this year than he ever has in his entire career. It's refreshing because, yeah, the Cardinals have been marginalized uh, on that front, obviously, uh, due to the condition of their offensive line. Mm -hmm. You need good protection. Uh, and a good running game, and they don't rely on play action very much because their quarterback's not under center. There's a lot of things that are affecting their ability to throw the ball deep. Uh-huh. But their calling card right now, offensively, from a quarterback standpoint, is what? Get the ball out quick. Yeah. Now, it's, it, when Colt McCoy was in there, that was the whole offense. Mm-hmm. Get it out quick. Oh, great. He got the ball out in 2.14 seconds, fastest yeah. in the league. Yeah, they averaged four yards of completion. Who yeah. cares? Right. Um, so, But a lot of that exists with Kyler Murray in there as well. The different wrinkle that Kyler Murray gives you is that if you know th- that 2.3 seconds goes by and it's not there, he can pull it down and run it. 
Yeah, unlike Colt McCoy, right? And so, so this, so this change in the Bengals' offense was really the hidden element of what got them to the Super Bowl last year. It's continued this year, and now they have one of the more explosive downfield passing offenses. And now they've got Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. But you would think with DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown, you could effectively do some of the same things. And and I do think that that this is just that's a lesson to be learned because the Bengals had themselves a really good season and a great playoff run, and they've found a way to duplicate it and now they're peaking at the same time. Cardinals had themselves mostly a really good season, a playoff game, and, and now they've just utterly collapsed. Yeah. But, um, you know, go back to the beginning of the year when the Cardinals got Hollywood Brown. Didn't you think this was going to resemble an aerial circus like yeah. we hadn't seen under Cliff Kingsbury? That's, I did. We've seen I really the exact did. opposite. That's right. And and I think that's that obviously clearly has to change. You're not you're not going to win any games like this. No. The other thing we're going to get back into in a little bit, I, I thought when we talked to Mark Schlereth, the idea of smart football teams find a way to practice at the speed of games or close. Mm-hmm. And not and, and 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 not so much care about the the execution of the practice as the speed of the practice. Yeah, and there was a if you watched Hard Knocks last night, there was one little bit of footage that had the, the Cardinals going through a walkthrough, and you could tell it's a walkthrough because everybody's wearing bucket hats mm-hmm. and T-shirts with their numbers on it. And they went through a play that they showed on Hard Knocks, maybe at one twentieth of the speed of, right. of an NFL game, right. and very little intensity. That yeah. that resonated with me yesterday, yesterday too. Absolutely. So, I, so the bottom line is, whoever's the head coach here next year, there's a lot that has to change, and I think everybody would admit that. Speaking of the Cardinals, are they going through the motions, or at least some of the players doing that? Their owner seems to think so. We'll tell you more about that next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.